It's Friday the 9th of February. This is Meet the Movie Press. There is so much to talk about this week. Kick off with Super Bowl trailers. Uh, the Joker, an update on that Origins movie, Cloverfield. Um, and who's been reading for Tarantino's new movie? I've got that scoop coming up. This is Meet the Movie Press. See you in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the movie press. Hello. Uh, welcome back. Sorry, I'm slightly disoriented there for a second. I have absolutely masses to get through and something else just <laughs> popped up in the chat that we need to talk about. Uh, we need to get going, Dimitri. Okay. Uh, in case you're wondering why Jeff is not here this week, unfortunately, um, Jeff has gone through a whole box of tissues um, with his nose. He's got the flu. <laughs> Um, he hasn't been watching a constant stream of porn for a week. Um, so unfortunately, I, I he's not here. Uh, but it is his birthday tomorrow. Uh, so happy 73rd birthday um, to Jeff, uh, who looks good on it. He doesn't look a day over 72. He doesn't look a day over 72. And obviously, I'm usually in that seat. Uh, Jeff is over here. I am over here. So in that seat is Dimitri. Welcome back. Well, thanks for having me back. It's awesome to be here. Really now, where is. can we find you on social media? Uh, at DMovies1701. Uh-huh. At DMovies1701. And you can also find me on the Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie. Which is, uh, what are you guys is, uh, uh, covering this week? Uh, the Post. Can't wait to do it. And I Excellent. believe they're also going to be doing Call Me By Your Name. Unfortunately, due to my busy schedule, I haven't been able to see it, so I can't partake. I mean, I could, but it would just be lying so uh, <laughs> do, i'm just gonna go. don't do that don't do <laughs> so, that so we get, but i'm very excited to do the post uh anatomy of a movie is a great uh dissection of a movie it's, it goes above and beyond opinion you've been on the I show have. Yeah, yeah and we talk about the production aspect of the movie and what's very tricky it's we have to talk whether we love or hate a movie we still got to give the movie love uh, and how it was brought to the light of the silver screen. So the post will be this week. And just justify why you like it or don't like it. Yeah. Because going, that shit isn't good well, enough. Yeah, I mean, we do this talk is about not script. the internet. Yeah. And, and because well, it it's been sort of kind of slow with the releases, mm. we're catching up with a lot of the Oscar nominated movies. So talking of the internet, talking the of the internet, um, I, my favorite quote of the week from the internet. We're going to get to the film that this referred to um, later on. Um, this week, I was referred to as a shallow, inexperienced, naive YouTuber and a dumb millennial. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not a millennial. The others I, I can't comment on, um, but there you go. Uh, so, Jamichi, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Seriously, it's a terrible, terrible movie, but we'll get so, to that later. So, I was like, holy cow. Dude, if you don't like my writing, just Google me. I'm li- literally old enough to be your fucking dad. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not awesome. a millennial. I'm uh, not. It's anyway. See, and I was buying the millennial I, until he told me you're not one. I think it was just Clint that didn't well, like my review. But we'll get to that I, later. I, you mm. know, speaking of audience and, and reaction, yeah. oh, my head, was there a lot of writing? Uh, uh, I was on a couple of weeks ago, mm. and we talked Baby Driver. Yes. And, and I made the claim that I believe it's, I, I can categorize it as a musical. Musical, non-musical debacle. <laughs> Holy cow. Which I thought was going to end in a knife fight. I'll be quite honest with you, Did but you really? it didn't. No, 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 no. no. Actually, I had... Set music. So make it music. (laughs) Actually, I had some amazing conversation uh, with the uh, Meet the Movie Press audience. Yep. Uh, One one person actually, like, we kept the dialogue going, and and we ended in laughing. So that's that's the greatness about talking about movies. Absolutely. There is no right or wrong. It's all just opinion. Well, listen, the way I look at it is uh, I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. 
<laughs> so let's, let's find out how true that is, Dimitri. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering who the hell I am, uh, if you don't watch the show, this is maybe your first time or you love Dimitri and you're wondering who this little <laughs> bald... Like Harry Potter with halopecia, I often get described as. Um, or a low-rent Simon Pegg is quite nice. Um, or a bit like Ricky Gervais, um, but without the money. There you go. Or the talent. Um, my name is Simon Thompson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Showbiz Simon. Same for Instagram. And there's also uh, a page on Facebook. Uh, there's two, actually. There's mine, and then there's the one about me, uh, which is This is Simon Thompson. I often post a lot of my work for IGN, for Forbes, for Reuters, for uh, E! News, for BBC. A lot of people that I work with, I often post it on there. So if you want to kind of catch up on what I'm doing, that's where you can come. Okay, we need to get started because we have a gazillion things to get through. Um, a story that broke this morning, which we didn't discuss before, the show um lobo this is a um, comic book movie that we know has been in the offing for quite a while turns out that michael bay is going to be in charge of this one um a lot of people are going oh another michael bay movie oh lobo not a character i'm familiar with um right now i think for for us as a film community i think we're going to be enjoying this we're going to be interested in this casting and this direction choice but i don't think anybody i think we're kind of at that point at the moment where audiences aren't going to be engaging with this but what are your thoughts on it when you say Michael Bay is going to be in charge, he's producing or directing or both? Uh, I will just be very specific on that. Let me just check because uh, I want to be I mean, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, I mean, either way. I uh, believe it's know, directing, uh, but fine. let me just double check so I didn't write that down. I am not a. I am not a Michael Bay hater. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think is he going to be Academy Award nominated movies? No, but as a visual storyteller in action movies, I think he, I think he, I think for the most part, for the most part, I think he succeeds. I, I you know, the Transformer movies are what they are. You don't, you know, you got to check your brain mm-hmm. in and everything else in at the at the concession stand and go and you have a good time. But you can't deny movies like, you know, Bad Boys is a fun movie. Great movie. The Rock is great a great movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, he even made that science fiction movie, The Island. Yeah. Uh, which which was probably not his Which gets movie, a lot of a, shit. And I'll be honest with good, you, I actually enjoy that movie. It's a, it's a good yeah. movie. Yeah. So, yes, you can point and say, oh, this is craptastic or whatever. Uh, 13, 13 Hours. Yep. The Benghazi movie. Again, if you don't like Michael Bay, watch 13 Hours, which is unlike Michael Bay, but it's a, it's a solid movie. Current status with Michael Bay is the fact that he is apparently talking to Warner Brothers about this, um, but he also wants to try and cut the budget a little bit. He um, wants to cut the budget. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's, he wants to call the budget um, of around $200 million. <clears throat> um, sorry, just this is a story that, that broke this morning, which I had a huge amount of time to check up on. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he wants to, to, to have that kind of... You know, thing. And I've talked about this about him before too. You know, he doesn't he doesn't use second unit. He doesn't have a second unit. He does it all himself. Yeah, which I find to be fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, but no, he he does want to 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 come in at that that two hundred thing, which for him is 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 quite um, is is unheard of because he usually takes as much money as he he possibly can to be able to put on some of the action sequences and stuff like that. Um, I would actually, I'm actually, I've had a lot of conversations with directors about this recently. Um, I actually enjoy sometimes... It's great to give people as much money as they want for a budget to put whatever they want on screen. It's sometimes better to give people those restrictions. Uh, and sometimes the directors do 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 this themselves, where they say, I'm going to work on a small budget and choose to do this, and I'm going to still make a great movie, but at a fraction of the cost. Um, and I actually find, certainly in the last couple of months, certainly the perhaps last year or so, we're seeing a lot of better movies coming out 
when there isn't so much money on the oh, table, absolutely. where you have to be more creative, absolutely. where you have to make it work more. Sometimes happy creative accidents happen that make a movie yeah. that bring a movie up to 100%. another level. James Wan himself had said when he worked uh, coming from movies like The Conjuring, low budget horror yeah, movies, yeah. and Saw, uh, I, when he did Fast and Furious, he, he almost didn't know what to do with the money. Like it, it put him under. A lot, a, a big amount of pressure that he felt when he, on a much smaller budget movie, he did feel that he could be more creative. Now, um, people in the chat, uh, Dino is, is among the people who've raised this and said that Bay should make a Superman movie. His style is perfect for it, the Americana of it. Also saying that his signature <laughs> shot of the hero slowly standing in frame um, while everything circles around him. It, it's made for Superman. Absolutely. Do you know what? When, when Dean said that, I was like, the last thing I want to see is a Michael Bay Superman movie. Now, I actually really quite fancy yeah. seeing a Michael Bay Superman movie. Yeah, I mean, he gets the... he's Dino's so correct in the Americana of it all. Yeah. The, the, first and foremost that I've learned about Michael Bay and doing... We've done a lot of his movies, so mm. there's a lot of research. Yes, he is American-made, uh, so to speak. And he loves the jingoistic and, and the American... He loves the military, number yeah. one. And so it's such 100%. a great respect. And there's always the flag is somewhere billowing in slow motion. He gets that, and I agree with him. I would love to see Superman in that slow-mo shot with that flag behind him. I think I think he would be perfect for a Superman. Movie. And Zeno, uh, Zeno, who's a regular contributor to the chat and obviously a regular view of the show as well, uh, says Lobo is an over-the-top, violent, super macho riff on Wolverine. Bay is perfect for this. Yeah. Yeah. Another really good point. I agree. Um, so I've got no again. I'm not a Bay hater. I think no, no, no. The right project. He's done some great stuff. I think so. He's done some really enjoyable, great action popcorn movies. Popcorn Can't deny movies. that popcorn yep. movies, yep. <clears throat> which is great. Why don't we talk about them here? Um, let's stay with superheroes for a second. This is another story that's, that's come through in the last couple of days. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix apparently in talks to play the Joker mm-hmm. uh, in the Joker standalone movie. Um, this is the one that's uh, I believe uh, Todd Phillips, uh, the Hangover, right. is 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 going to be at the helm of. Um, some people, I mean, there have been lots of names that have been put in the hat for this. Joaquin Phoenix is an actor that sometimes I absolutely love. And sometimes, I don't know why, but he does, his performances mildly irritate me. Um, and I think this, the fact that sometimes that happens, I would actually really like to see him mm-hmm. as the Joker. Because even though I think I'd enjoy the performance, it would have that awkwardness to it. Yeah, That, that I- kind of... What do you think? I think that DC is going back to its undiscomfort level. Uh, there, there's, they're going back to like remember, remember uh, after Keaton mm. with Batman, right? Yeah. And then it seemed like we had we had Val Kilmer play Batman, we had George Clooney play, play Batman. Yeah. Had, like they just don't have faith in the character. Albeit today's world, DC has at least been consistent with. Cavill is Superman, Affleck, Batman, and they're not getting rid of Godot for, for Wonder Woman. Yep. But there's a continuity there. Now it seems like, well, we can almost find anybody. It's like you don't have enough faith in the character that you're hiring actors and hope that the actor is going to garner attention. And, I mean, Jared yeah. Leto played Batman. Obviously, we can't get Heath Ledger back, but I'm not even sure he'd be up for, unless Nolan was doing this, like a standalone Joker, you just have. Where is the congruency? 
And you need that if you're going because then what's going to happen? So you have a standalone Joker movie, and yeah. then if you make another movie like Suicide Squad three, who's going to be in it? Like, or mm. am I supposed to believe that Joaquin Phoenix is younger than Jared Leto? Do you know? Do you know what I think? I I, I, I absolutely know. agree with you. I think you have to have this continuity and this congruency through through the universe. However. I think also and Warner's biggest problem is the fact with with the DC stuff is sometimes it's it's going down a road that it knows is not the right road to be going down. So what do you just keep going down that road with you know bits of the car not working or do you switch out the parts and get parts that actually might make it work? And the comic book universe there are so many comic book storylines available where you can Recast. You can take it down a different like. You can have paradoxes. You can have crossovers. You can do whatever you want. I mean, it, there are franchises that have had to recast through deaths, right? And it's been fine. Sure. I think you can recast. There are several characters in franchises. A great example: James Bond. Yeah, but James. Couple Bond, of movies, and then you have a different person playing that actor. But, so, I, but that's because of mostly age. There's only one actor. I was going to say as well who played James Bond, and he only did it once, and that was because of the actor, because of the reception. Yeah. Connery ended up coming back. Even even Timothy Dalton got through at least two Bond movies. And age is a so, good point because they get older, and it's time they notice. Which means nature is going to push right. a re. Casting so, at some point, and we know anyway. It, Marvel, it's if they're going to continue that at some point, they're gonna, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is well, gonna hang up his helmet. We all know that as well as Disney paying off people like ourselves to say that Marvel <laughs> movies are great, they're also injecting the cast of these films um, with um, the water from the fountain of youth Correct. to stop them aging, right? So they yeah, won't yeah. ever have to know yeah. they're not. That is not true. Well, and, and going that back, was a joke. You made a you you did you made a very valid point too about DC. I thought, that, well, they just they just restructured a yep. lot of going on there. Yep. So I figured that they were going to have a plan uh, going forward. And again, why are we going to focus on the villains? Mm. We should make our superheroes a lot stronger. Like, take the Wonder Woman movie and then just go go forward and start making a Superman, a Batman movie. Um, you know, I know that we're getting an Aquaman uh, movie and eventually a Flash movie, but we they, they did it ass backwards. Yep. You know, it was uh, reverse engineering where they gave us the shitty Justice League, and at the end of that movie, was you that just the full don't title? Care. The what? shitty Justice League. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, That's a paradox universe. A lot of people talking. About, a lot of people talking about this could get messy. Uh, Zeno Hour is saying, uh, as far as Joaquin Phoenix playing Joker, uh, Zeno Hour is not holding uh, their breath. JP was supposed to play Doctor Strange and Lex in Batman versus Superman. Ultimately, he's turned da- turned down these roles. Yes. Ultimately, he has turned down these roles, but sometimes there are a number of factors in that. Sometimes they decide they don't want to do it. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's uh, schedule, that kind of thing as well. So, uh, yes, he has absolutely correctly turned down a number of those uh, roles in the past. I think many actors, sometimes it's money because they want to raise their profile or sometimes it's a perfect fit for them, they do take these roles. Absolutely. Um, So I I would, uh, yes, your point is valid, but I would not be surprised at all um, if there are some changes in there. I think it's very interesting. I would be very interested to see... Joaquin do it and I think he would bring the right level of unhinged to that role um, that would be in line with sort of previous interpretations the better previous interpretations that we've seen I mean personally I I enjoyed Leto's Joker 
Yeah, he's okay. I think many of the interpretations of the character that we've seen come to the big screen and the small screen over the years have been very different and very interesting. Absolutely. I would have liked to, it turned out, you know, recently that Heath Ledger had actually apparently been looking to, to return as the Joker had that right. been, been the case, and obviously had he not unfortunately passed. Um, I would have been up for seeing more of him. Yeah. But I'd certainly be interested in, in Joaquin. And the, the whole wider recasting in in the DCU is, is a really interesting topic, which we'll... I'm yeah, sure go back to, <coughs> excuse me, at many points in the future. Um, now, something else that was a huge part of my childhood, and your childhood as well, uh, uh, you know, aside from comic book movies, was um, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> now, uh, as, as terrible as it is, I actually really enjoyed the Masters of the Universe. Dolph Lundgren, Courtney (laughs) Cox. Yeah, it is not often that Courtney Cox gets second billing for that movie. Um, There has been talk about this for for many, many years, um, as there has been Thundercats as well, which has never happened. And there are various fan-made trailers online. Um, David S. Goyer was going to be directing this. Mm -hmm. He's now exited this uh, in the very recent past. Um... I would have been interested to see what he could have done with it. He sure. wasn't my first choice for a director, but Hollywood doesn't check these <laughs> things with me. Um, big question. Do you think we need a Masters of the Universe movie? And do you think audiences will engage with a Masters of the Universe movie? When we go back to these things that are heritage or retro or childhood, sometimes audiences connect and sometimes they don't. A great case in point of it. Not is Power Rangers last year. Power Rangers did okay. It did far better than I thought it was going to do. Yeah. Okay, and that would be my only argument for why He-Man and Masters of the Universe Mm. could potentially go forward. Who's who's supposed to distribute that movie? Uh, Do we know? Uh, I I have a feeling. I think it was... I think it was... um, I, I honestly, I, I have a thing. It was either Paramount or Warner Brothers. I can't remember. But I might be wrong. Is there room for it? I mean... It's a it's a slippery slope because the first uh, Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did yep. really well. The second one, not so much. Yep. Uh, Power Rangers did okay. I, I think Lionsgate was happy with the numbers, and I believe it did decent internationally. Yep. So you know, if you can keep a, a good budget, the thing is, they would have to focus on making one good movie. Mm. You know, right now I'm sure they're thinking, "Oh, we can make five, six He-Man movies. Uh, make one." And I think and they wouldn't bother making one if they weren't looking to make at least, say, three. Right. Yeah. So, but I think with the science fiction fantasy element, uh, don't don't make it like that version that came out. Uh, what was that in the '80s, '90s? Um, there's room for it. I'm sure some people with the right marketing, you can get in the nostalgia, uh, the new toys and kids, and you might have a hit like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one. Mm. And then you go from there. Well, you talk about the toys. It's really interesting, actually. There's a, a documentary on on Netflix. There's a, a series of documentaries about toys, yes. toys that made us. Yeah. Um, and there's one on He-Man. And it... It's, it's, I mean, I could have watched it being twice the length, to be honest with you. I thought those were really, really well-made um, little little documentaries. Um, and it was talking about when they've tried to relaunch He-Man several times and release figures and tried to create new universes and audiences just haven't gone for it. It'll be interesting to see whether, I mean, I, I genuinely take delight from kids being into Star Wars and seeing Star Wars t-shirts and... It, that has never really died. Right. Um, it's some of the uh, different properties, different IPs have got that 
kind of the kids don't watch it, the kids don't engage with it, but they'll have it on a t-shirt in right. a kind of an ironic kind of way. I think currently He-Man is kind of around there. And you know who would you know who would make it succeed though? He-Man, The Rock. I mean, the yeah. rocks and everything. <laughs> I think so, you would. I mean, I, I would be torn between going for people that were unknown and people that were really well known. But also, I mean, you talk about the rock, not a ridiculous. I think it would have to be someone that looked a bit more like Prince Adam. So I think we, we, there are other people that I think we could we could consider for that. Uh, not that I'm making. I'm just a we. I'm not involved in the creative process at all. You should be here. Jesus Christ! Can you imagine? I can. That would be awful. Orco, maybe. <laughs> And if you have a He-Man movie, you have to bring Orko back because that was an absolute tragedy that it wasn't in. Absolutely. It wasn't in the other one. Okay, a couple of people in the chat talking about this. Um, Dino is saying, uh, thanks for joining us, Dean. Uh, Black Panther will help He-Man get made, mixing fantasy with sci-fi. Really good point. Uh, Film nerd Jamie saying, if we're going to do He-Man, go with someone who is young and hungry to studio blockbusters. And outside the box choice, Goya was a stale choice. 100% agree with that. A lot of good young... Um, uh, to say young um, uh, in the terms of new talent sure. um, that would be great for this. And I think a really good example of that is someone who was not young but had been waiting for the right project for a while is um, Patty with Wonder Woman. Oh. Um, you know, when they brought her in, that was someone you sure. would not associate with something like this. I think that kind of line of, not her, but I think someone going down no, that line of things would be good. You're getting a lot of the bots in hell. Yeah. Why not give it? To a woman director. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like, absolutely. like, why not? And Zeno then goes on to say, um, there's already a good He-Man movie. It's called Thor Ragnarok, which, you know, is a, <laughs> is a bloody good point. It is a good that is a really good point. That is, that is true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would certainly be very interested to see, you know, what what they could do with that. Um, I loved He-Man growing up, and I, I still regularly revisit the, the, the cartoons. Um, the movies are... I love them. The movie has been on various... Cable yeah. movie channels yeah, yeah, yeah. within the past couple of months. Yeah. So, and I always will stop. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's, 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 it's terrible, is. but it's, it's also it's, good it fun. Really is. Uh, talking about <laughs> terrible but not good fun. Um, let is let's move on to let's go back to Sunday. So, people are watching the Super Bowl. Everybody's right. wondering if there's going to be, and we discussed this on the show last Friday. Everyone's going to wonder if there's going to be um, an advert, perhaps for Cloverfields right. uh, three. Um, doesn't have a title at this point. It turns up. Not only does it give us the title and the trailer, it also tells us that that movie is going to be available straight (laughs) after the game on Netflix. A lot of people discussing whether there was going to be, it was going to go theatrical, whether it's going to Netflix. We found out early on Sunday night. Now, I was one of those people who couldn't, you can check from my tweets, that I was very excited about this. I really enjoyed the first two movies. In fact, the first Cloverfield movie was the first film that I ever had my name on a national ad campaign for. Nice. Ten years ago. That's awesome. Yeah, the director actually, the director and JJ personally had to clear all quotes for that film, rather right. than it just being the marketing team. So I was particularly proud of that. But you let's go back be. to 2018. Let's come back here. So, end of the game. Brilliant. Press play on Netflix. Did not like it. Yeah, I can't. was not terrible. I thought it was. It was just a... A, a trail of missed opportunities, poorly executed ideas, and great actors in roles with playing characters I didn't care about. Absolutely. So That I don't disagree with, but I thought it was even worse than what you did. And it, it, what you thought about it. The thing is, it, Cloverfield for me was a movie. The first one took me by surprise yeah. because I thought they used the found footage 
concept, but they did it in a smart way. Having the name, you know, having a character named Hood, mm. uh, you know, who's documenting everything. But I thought I actually was drawn into the movie and I cared for characters. So when certain characters died, I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Uh, and then it ends. Now, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Good God. I mean, they couldn't have gone more like they take it completely out of this mm-hmm. quote unquote monster movie. And they think even the tagline, you know, we don't know who the real monsters are. So yep. It was something like that. Uh, my favorite, who I continue to crush on, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Amazing. John Goodman. Yep. Uh, I forget the, the third gentleman. It's a locked door thriller. Is yeah, basically it's, it's, what it it's is. like a theatrical play right. in a very limited space. And, and it plays almost like a Twilight Zone movie. Which totally contrad the original film, Absolutely. which was about scape and scale sure. and endless boundaries. Yeah, and, and, and this movie built tension, suspense, mm-hmm. had a good twist at the end. And I'm like, 10 Cloverfield Lane's one of the most underappreciated. It's a really good movie. Done for, mind you, $15 million was the budget mm-hmm. for this movie, right? Yep. So uh, there was talk at Sundance regarding this Netflix deal, and it was sort of a secret, but not a secret, that Netflix was going to buy this Cloverfield yep. sequel from Paramount, and then we see the... You know, we see the ad, and by name alone, and by actors who who are in it. Yeah, I too uh, clicked it on, and uh, I just I, I thought it was just awful. The only the only questions it answered for me were is like, oh, thing from the Adams family is continuing to get work, and I and even at that, I'm like going really an arm that's walking around, and we're making oh, well, it was I'll a horribly wasted arm. opportunity with that one mechanic. Well, it, on there, its own. there's that. There's there's the. I mean, where do I go? There, there, there's the uh, the female lead who is good, but you know they're uh, in this Google and Bartle rule. Yeah, yeah, she's we're in this paradox universe, and oh, I have a family. I'm gonna stay here. R- really, that's your choice. You're not gonna go back to and start your you you just no. Like, how do you? Where did, how, there was no yeah. rhyme or reason for how characters made decisions. Uh, and just because uh, Daniel Bruhl seemed to be German, you know, he's automatically a bad guy. Uh, you know, it was just so they were literally lost in space. Yeah. And I saw Alien in there. I saw a little bit of Event Horizon. Event Horizon, in there. which is a, a much maligned and sadly overlooked movie, but is a brilliant sci fi movie. No, I saw so many things in there. For something that, from a franchise that has been so. Okay, it has elements of classic tropes, but. It has been very refreshingly original. However, this felt like something that was 80%, 90% derivative, 10% creativity. I, I agreed. And it was a story that I didn't care about. I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care. I was waiting. It was also for something that is remarkably tense as a situation. And there's a clock ticking. And you've got lives at stake. And there's all sorts of really weird things. I didn't get any real tension or drama. It just wasn't... At times, some of the scenes felt for me like they were first or second read-throughs. They were like, (laughs) cut, great, yep, stick it, Uh great, let's take that. And it just, it didn't have the dramatic... uh, There was no rise and fall. Yeah. There was no change in tone. And the... The exciting moments that there were were so few and far between and so 
disjointed from everything else rather right. than having the <gasps> shock value. Right. It was like, what? what? Well, it, it just... It just didn't fit. It doesn't it Kind fit. of like it, the paradox in the galaxy where everything's kind of fucked up. It yeah. kind of felt like that. It did. And, and, and again, 10 Cloverfield Lane does this brilliant job of, wait, is this supposed to be a Cloverfield movie? Like, and you get so it, like it wasn't an afterthought. It was yeah, retrofitted. It, it was retrofitted, but it was in this universe. But you don't find out it's in this universe until the very end of the movie. Yeah. Clover, and that was one of its twists, and that's one of the brilliant things that that movie hinges on. Because it's all about trying to escape this madman in a bunker. But is he really mad? And there were times I'm watching that, that, that movie, and I'm thinking, is he mad? Or if we are in Cloverfield, you know, like it had me guessing. This movie, I knew right from the beginning, and it didn't, it did not shy away from which universe it's in because we kept on going back to today's or to present Earth, yep. where the monsters were, were doing what they were doing. So there was no twist at the end. There was no, no big deal at the end. And, there was uh, no Planet of the Apes. Just, I mean, no. when they kind of, and it's, that's not the only movie today. Life for me last year. Was better was and better gave movie. a much better, better movie in general and a much better ending with a not too different kind of sure. ballpark finale. It ju- this just it didn't work. Didn't work. But we're going to talk about this from a business side. Yeah, so, let's talk about that because I, this is what I found the most interesting about uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Right. So it, it, you're a movie fan. You read reviews. You read articles because you, your love of movies. So you've heard about studios dumping movies, right? Yeah. And by that, and this is just age old. This has been going on forever. There are certain times of the year where moviegoers are, are well, they've got other things going on, and mm-hmm. that's usually right after the holidays so january february parts of march uh it usually starts at labor day yep. um and then you go into september and, and right into october right so they sometimes a studio will put a weaker movie onto that slot sometimes yes. they catch on sometimes you get a sleeper yep. which is fantastic mm-hmm. so they're not all crappy movies but now with Netflix, Netflix paid $50 million to acquire this Cloverfield Paradox, mm-hmm. which was to go theatrical. That was the original intent. So think about this. Coming from a distribution background, well, now the studio, Paramount, doesn't have to spend any money on publicity, yep. advertising, or hard drives, mm-hmm. right? They don't have to take the risk. They've just negated all of their distribution risk. Because if that movie went out, well, we saw the reviews on Netflix. If that was theatrical, I can't see it being any higher of a percentage, perhaps even lower, yep. because it's theatrical. Paramount just made $50 million to cut essentially a distribution deal, but a distribution deal with Netflix. And then what happens? Well, we're talking about it. We've seen the movie. Whether we like it or not, it got hits. So it's getting seen probably by a hell of a lot more people than would have seen the movie had it gone theatrically. Now, Netflix is in a position where, for me, the way I view Netflix is they're trying so hard to get into this theatrical game. Yeah. 
My only problem with Netflix is, is that they just aren't playing by the quote-unquote rules in order to do it. The other thing you got to do is you have to have an acquisitions team that is picking theatrical quality movies. I was not a fan of Bright whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what Netflix says. Yes, they had a ton of viewers, and they can post uh, as much as they want about about oh no the viewers love bright nah, I I can't buy that I I it was not a good movie and and definitely if you watch it and you start to imagine how this would have looked on a big screen it would have looked like garbage yeah this Cloverfield was not a good movie okay but for Netflix it's perfect it's it's interesting yeah you're you're absolutely right it's interesting when you say you thought it would have been garbage on the big screen I would have been very and if Netflix decided they want to do this if they wanted to to put it on a big screen even just for for sort of people in the industry, I'd be very interested to see it. To see if a a lot of us have you know decent TVs at home, we have good sound systems, soundbars, whatever. But I think seeing it in a, a theatre environment on a bigger screen, it always gives it something different. Whether you're watching uh, fucking Peter Rabbit or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's always it's always you, you, the experience you get well, watching it with an audience is going to be something slightly different. It can be. It can be. I would be interested to see if that is the case with this. Um, I was watching this on my own. My my wife was, you know, cooking and popping in to see, you know, every now and again whether it was any good. And I was like, still not very good. I'm just wondering if I watch that with other people on a big screen with that better sound, um, if that would change my opinion. I don't think it would for me because it looked I don't think cheap. it would. That's another thing. And that's a thing. There were some moments I think actually played better on the small screen. Yes. Like there was some nice little use of special effects. Yeah. Which were great on TV. I think blown up on a big screen might have turned out to be another negative. Yeah, and and I'm going to use two examples. Um, Look at Bright, for example, okay? On Netflix, Bright does look good. Yep. But I'm thinking to myself, oof, on on an XD IMAX kind of a screen, oof, that's going to look cheap. Mm. It's going to piss people off. Yeah. For for Netflix, then take, and more pissed take, off because they paid fifteen bucks exactly. to see it. Now now let's take a, a fan favorite show. Let's take Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which is which is clearly filmed almost like theatrically, right? Yeah. But it's filmed for TV. If you were to take what they film and blow it up on a big screen. I'm not saying the quality of the storytelling is going to dump, but you're going to find the flaws in the special effects and you're going to say, okay, they're not like, they look great on my 70 inch, you know, high def TV. Yeah. But on a big screen, it's just not going to look as good. You need to film, uh, you need to film it differently. Is your cinematography, your special effects? Uh, you need to widen the line, the, you know, the landscape, the sets. It's gotta, it's gotta be filmed theatrically. And Netflix is so trying hard to get into that. Number one, they should just just play by the window rules. And if you've got money, mm. you've got a ton of money, you can put budget. You could have tried to make bright and have it go theatrical, mm-hmm. but just spend, take the care to. Get it done right for the theatrical, and who knows what's going to happen. Look what Amazon is doing. They're not putting yep. out any special effects kind of movies. They're, no. they're putting out a Drama, bunch of dramas. 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 They're putting out some dramas. Can I have some meowness on my sandwich before <laughs> was, I watch my drama on television? Mon- it's from Monica. They're succeeding. Yeah. You know, that's why A24 succeeds when you look at a movie like Ex Machina, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has limited special effects, but they work. And you watch it and you go, 
that looks like a movie. I want to move on, but one yes, thing I want to one thing I want to talk about beforehand. You were talking about the marketing and the fact that there was no, you know, they, they hadn't spent the money in the marketing, and and the Cloverfield films are you know well known for this. They bring the marketing late. It's often you know sort of guerrilla marketing. It's sure. it's untagged. You're kind of working out what it is. And a lot of people were talking, uh, and I was one of them, and you're probably very much the same, going into this. We're like, they're changing the face of how things are done. You know, whether it's selling it to Netflix or with the advertising, it's changing the way the machine, the industry is broken. But I'm like, yes, it is changing the way that these films are marketed, but it's also more like films used to be marketed, Mm -hmm. as you touched on, where you don't put a trailer out three months, 12 months, nine months, a year, 18 months ahead of schedule. It is that, like, three months wall. Boom, three months. We've got a film coming out in June. Right. We start the trailers in March. Mm-hmm. And obviously now we have the internet, so you're going to have them on the internet as well. But the only place you'd see that trailer until, like, a week before the movie came out, or two weeks, when you'd see, like, TV cutdowns, sure. was in the movie theatre. Yeah. So films didn't burn. They still had anticipation. Box office was still huge. Absolutely. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of an element where, and I've said this on the show before, I think sometimes we have too much too soon for too long. Yes. And it's it's kind of like if, you know, you have to have a little bit of a tease, a little bit of a reveal. You do. But if you tease for nine months or a year... You get over familiar. I now disengage with content, and I'm not the only one. Uh-huh. About a month before a movie comes out, I stop watching trailers. So when I watch Black Panther, I'm not so sick of those amazing action sequences right. that they lose their awe and impact on me. And that's not the only it's, film, obviously. But I agree. Sometimes I think there is too much. Like I, I don't stop watching, say, the trailers per se, yeah. but I start watching all that other stuff that gets put onto the internet behind the scenes. This I don't want to know anything about the movie. A trailer is meant to tease me mm. and give me a, 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 this much information. That is good. But don't start putting all the other stuff online. But we also have to think, when it comes to Cloverfield Paradox, too, we have to think about our friends at Paramount. They now, too are in a big shift mm-hmm. uh, a big they've just had a big studio change uh, who's running the studio and so they are in this midst where for them a movie like Cloverfield Paradox they may have released about a year ago but now they're like okay we have to be smarter than this mm-hmm. and they don't have to come up with a trailer they don't have to worry about posters or outdoor campaigning uh, they don't have to worry about getting um, step and repeats with yep. their actors they've saved a boatload of money on doing this and cloverfield has like built a name for for, for itself within the first two movies right I think this movie did more damage to the Cloverfield name. However, I understand as a business deal why Paramount did it. 100%. And I think other studios, if you're not, look, if you have a franchise, A, protect the franchise. Yeah. This movie doesn't do anything to protect the franchise. But if you have that movie that you really don't think is good, uh, you, you should test it, get it out there. But if there's a deal to be made, I think studios may follow that lead and say, well, we'll at least make some money off it. Yeah. $50 million is better than having to be at risk and lose $50 Because I'm like, I couldn't believe they Netflix paid $50 million. No, but I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see if you took into marketing costs, et cetera, et cetera, and promotional costs afterwards, I don't think that they Net, Paramount would have got 
a huge amount no. different to that back to put in their pocket no. at all. Um, Cloverfield 4, though, um, apparently has been already done and shot, made, put in the can. It's all ready to go. That is going to go theatrical. We'll I think see. that in, in the changing the way that films are marketed and released, this is probably the biggest difference where you have a sequel that goes or part of the part of the, the the franchise part of the world that goes to to streaming VOD and then goes back into theaters because previously that's been an end of life right oh, yeah. that's been a slow Absolutely. release a slow death yeah. this is going to be some are going to be theatrical some are going to be non theatrical that in itself i think is is more of a shift for the industry Sure. Than and, s- some other aspects. And of I it. think TV, well, well, movies have proven this that yeah. movies and television can coexist. When the television was first invented, <laughs> yep. everybody thought movies are going to die. Well, it was if you, if, if you weren't in TV <laughs> or, or your film went to TV, it was shit. If it yeah. went to VOD, it was shit. Right. And it wasn't good enough for theaters. And it's just, this is changing. Yeah, this it is changing. Is. It and is. I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of stuff I've seen VOD that is better than a lot of stuff I've be. seen in theatres. Yeah, it can be. Okay, so we're in the Super Bowl, or American sure. Soccer Bowl, as I like to call it. <laughs> uh, very glad uh, that the uh, the uh, Eagles... Easy, easy, easy. Eagles won. Hey, well done. Simmered down. I'm from Boston. They are my... It, they were are the underdogs. From, I, I like to you support an underdog. Are you from Philadelphia? Uh, no, uh, I have never been... I've seen Rocky. <laughs> Um, and I like Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. And, you know, no, in West Philadelphia, I was not born and raised, and the playground <laughs> is not where I spent most of my days. Um, but no, I, I, I want to go there. But congratulations to the Eagles. They, they're sure. certainly, it was a, certainly look, milking it this it week. Was, as they should. Listen, uh, I said this, I tweeted it out. Uh, as a Boston sports fan, I know what a drought is, mm. okay? And yes, you could say, oh, I'm greedy, I'm greedy. Well, lo- look, you. Philadelphia, you'll never get tired of losing. It'll never become bo- losing will never become boring. Yeah, but or, or winning will never become. I should winning will never become boring. But your first win, you're going to savor for the rest of your life. So when the Red Sox won in 2004, the mm-hmm. Patriots won their first Super Bowl in my lifetime. Those wins were spectacular for me. And then if your team, if the Eagles continue to win, you're not going to say, oh, I don't want them to win anymore. Mm. Of course, you want your team to win. So for that, I say, savor that win. You had this marvelous parade. You're, you're in a high that uh, your city is going to carry with them all into, well into the next season of football and baseball and every other sport. And Philadelphia is a sports town. They represent yep. each of the main sporting events, yep. football, baseball, hockey, basketball. So enjoy it. You're going to love it. Savor it. And trust me, like if and when you win again, that win's going to feel great too. But it's not going to be like what it is this time around. So all I can tell Philadelphia fans is savor it. Let It's going to stay with you. Enjoy it. Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, let's talk about, there were a lot of trailers. We, we've talked lengthily about Cloverfield. But there's a lot of trailers that um, drop within the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So let's run through them uh, pretty sure. quickly. A Quiet Place. Interesting movie. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it could be okay. It's uh, I think yeah. it's opening South by Southwest. Uh-huh. Um yes. I think it's opening think or closing, right. opening. Um it's very there. excited. I genuinely really like the look of this. It, it's going to take something that I think is a trope from horror. Yep. And extending it mm-hmm. and making it totes trope. Yeah. <laughs> um and then I think it'll be interesting to 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 play with that and see I agree. see if it doesn't get dull. 
Uh-huh. That's the thing. Because we'll have to see. If the trailer can make it tense. Yeah. It's a tense trailer. It's a good trailer. It's a very good trailer. Uh I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I too have good hopes for this movie. I like, I like the two leads too. I know the husband yep. and wife, but Krasinski and, and Emily Blunt mm-hmm. have screen presence, but, but with the kids and, and the setting that they, that they build this up upon, it looks like the writers may have taken their clever steps to say why we're here. What are the rules to this universe? Mm. Um, and of course, it all goes to shit, and I want to see how that all happens. Everybody wants out. to see it go yeah. to shit. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm genuinely, I think the biggest hurdle for this is the fact that when you have a movie that is about silence, mm-hmm. how it, you can sustain tension. Sure. You can also lose tension because there's nothing to drive it, and that's going to be quite difficult. But I'm very optimistic about this. Yeah, what I'm not optimistic about is finding a movie theater where I can watch it where everybody will shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that is going to be difficult. Uh, but still, I'm going to give it a go. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Avengers Infinity War. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's more of the same. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Black Panther um, has, as much as I love the Avengers movies, um, that delivered uh, more for me than, than some of those have. Um, but I'm definitely very much looking forward to this. And... Especially because it's like a it's a bookend. Yeah, I'd and be I want to see how this where this is going to go. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't looking forward to this new Avengers yeah, movie. It's Look, more of the same, but Marvel it's a hamburger. Has done such uh, such a, an amazing job with these characters that yeah. you've come to grow and love them, and and they've just put in just the right amount of humor. You know, now that you have these new characters like Black Panther mm. and such, then you you know in the trailer it's a great line when Black Panther and someone get this man a shield. Yeah. Right? They, yeah, more of the same. Uh, the, there could potentially be some very high stakes. We yep. could be losing some, some some beloved characters. But it's been how the trailer has been putting everything together that, like, when you think about how many characters there are, it's like and they're able to put it into a trailer so that we even see the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like... They're, they're just Which, going for broke, as I, much I, as I I'm looking it. forward to it, because I, like you, love many of these characters. I think yeah. they've done really, really good jobs with them, and I think we are going to, unfortunately, uh, some of them are going to be going off, yeah. either permanently or certainly for a while. Um, my concern is the fact that there are now so many people within this, mm-hmm. and there has to be, because it's it's basically sure. a big epic you know, face-off, that some of those characters won't get a fair shout and might feel a little bit wasted or marginalised. And that is a shame because there are so many strong characters and it has happened before. I've talked regularly about Hawkeye, Black Widow, often feeling, even when they get their own stories, it's like, don't care about you enough to want to go on that journey. And when you're there, you don't really do enough to... On See, a part like to kind of excite I like the characters. But, but I want don't more from this them. is two movies. It is. So... You know, it's like, going to be a lot like, to take in. There, there will be a lot to yeah. take in, but I, I, I trust the directors and the. You know, I, I think it's it looks good to me. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really pleased to see The Rock getting some work. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, because I do worry. I, I do worry about him that he's not <laughs> getting enough of the bite of the cherry in Hollywood. <laughs> I told you the next if you ever or the next time you interview him, you have to ask the question, what do you say no to? Yeah. That's the list that I want to know. Yeah. I want- <laughs> well, he didn't say no to skyscraper. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which I mean, it looks as as dumb as a bag of rocks. Come on, it's the towering inferno. <laughs> it is towering inferno with a bit of die hard. Yeah, I mean, come on. And, in. and a bit less leg. Um 
I, this looks like, like San Andreas for me. I did not, that was not a great movie. I had, I had so to... much fun oh with that God. film, though. Same here. It is just as dumb as a box of frogs. But <laughs> I'm really psyched about Skyscraper. I'm looking forward to... Hot four movies! Be... Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Skyscraper. Yeah. When you... Towering Inferno meets Die Hard? Well, what else do I need? I don't and, even care and, what and, the story is. Yeah, I'm it, not, it I don't seems... care yeah, that much. Uh, it... And again, San Andreas at least pleasantly surprised me because that director, uh, you know, he threw some things in that I was like, whoa, holy cow, I didn't see that coming. Like, mm-hmm. there, were, there were these pleasant little visual surprises that happened. And I, I'm, this movie, I'll put it to you this way, I, I'm looking more forward to Skyscraper than I am Rampage. Yeah, Skyscraper. I'm, I'm looking to forward me. to Rampage, but Skyscraper is Skyscraper to me is like it's it seems like it could be a, a, a decent disaster movie. Zeno Hour in the chat agrees. Uh, says I'm sorry, Skyscraper looks fun. No need to apologize. No, don't apologize. No need to apologize. I agree too. It does look fun. It does. Uh, we're going to get to some fun uh, Dwayne stuff in in a second as well. And Sky Patterson is saying uh, 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 Sky wonders what the official runtime of Avengers: Infinity War is. Is it 140 minutes, 150 minutes, 170 minutes, 180 minutes? Same for Avengers 4. I don't know. I think they won't go too overlong because I want to make sure they've got enough to fill it out, but we don't know just yet. Uh, Red Sparrow, uh, Sky also talks about. um, We're just going to talk about the the trailers for the uh, Super Bowl uh, at the moment. We'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, Red Sparrow does look good. I'm seeing that uh, next Friday, I think. Uh, okay, let's, for you. <laughs> let's look at Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, we saw a longer, bigger, more mm-hmm. full trailer for this. I know a lot of people that didn't like Jurassic World. I actually pretty, I had a lot of fun with that. I did enjoy it. Um, I am very much looking forward to Fallen Kingdom. Not because of what I've seen, but because I'm wondering what they're not showing. I'm impressed by what we're seeing, it, and it, I just want to see what else there is. And I, it looks interesting. It looks darker. There's still the comedy there, mm-hmm. but it looks a little bit more... Yeah, I mean, okay, going into it, uh, Jurassic Park is near and dear to my heart. I, yeah. I, I worked with the first one when I was at Universal uh, doing marketing. 25 years ago yeah, that came doing out. Doing in theater marketing and such for it, so it was... It's near and dear to my heart. This one, like you know, they could have called it Jurassic World Little Boy Blue. Uh, you know, because, like, if they're going to build on this blue relationship, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I get you. We're going to try to get the dinosaurs off the island, seems to be the plot. Mm. But we don't know enough of the plot. One thing I hope they've done, because what it, what, one of the negatives of the first Jurassic World is, like, militarizing, weaponizing raptors and the dinosaurs, like, that plot was like silly to me this one i don't know it can go either way but already we're starting off with the cliche couple that they were they were almost a couple then they became a couple in the first movie and now they've uh, they're they're apart they're still arguing but they're gonna get back together again it seems Uh, it's like why can't you just be a couple? <laughs> like, like, just, 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 why can't just, you just argue? Like, why? Like, do you? You don't have to build yeah. sexual tension in a Jurassic World movie. Sexual tension, a, you know. And how many memes are we gonna get? Of Plenty. Chris Pratt's, you know, Plenty doing this. Never too many. It's Jurassic World. I'm in. Uh, we'll see what they do. 
It'll yeah, be fun. No, it's uh, people saying that. Um, oh, we'll, go, we'll go to the comments in a bit. We want, I want to get through okay. these. Uh, Deadpool two. We also saw this week. Oh, let's go Mission Impossible Fallout first ah, of all. Yes. Actually, can we? Because I yeah, love that. I trailer. want to talk about that. Uh, I, well, I mean, I'm a big fan of everybody who watches the show on a regular basis. Big fan of Tom Cruise. I love the Mission Impossible franchise. Uh, it's it's had ups and downs, but I do love it. Um, this trailer is so on the money for me. Agreed. And I think Paramount, it's amazing. Paramount, obviously, who originally um, created the, the, the Cloverfield movie, yeah. um, they had two trailers in there. This one is the one that they're going, oh, thank fuck everybody likes it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, seriously, this just... It looks great. It does look it really... It looks like a ton of fun. Yeah. Right? The last one was really solid, uh, and Paramount's already doing like they learned this valuable lesson when they had the one, and I think it could have been the last one where Tom Cruise is hanging outside of a plane, mm. right? Of course he does. I remember in CinemaCon, this yeah. was a big deal, and it was the first time that they should they they they, they bring Tom Cruise out in Vegas uh, in the Celine Dion Theater, right? And he talked about this scene and how he is actually hanging from a plane. And you're like, wow, holy cow. That's, yeah. that's crazy, right? And so he does his own stunts and already Paramount has released Tom Cruise is flying his own helicopters through canyons and he went through pilot school. And so they're already getting that. They're already following the footsteps of their previous marketing. Listen, when you have him hanging from a plane, a cliff or a helicopter and he's running and he has that great team, Ving Rhames yeah. and, and Simon Pegg with him. Yeah. Uh, you can't lose. You have to really, you have to make a really shitty movie for me to say, that was a really shitty movie. I don't think it's going to happen here. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be fun. Bearing in mind how much Tom Cruise actually does, being Tom Cruise's assistant must be the quietest job in the world. Get me caught? No, fuck it. I'll do it myself. But his assistant is actually doubles as an insurance agent. That is true. That's what that, I've is, heard. that is true. That's, that, that's it I've would heard. fundamentally, I think, be following him around with a very soft cushion, just so <laughs> sign here, to help. Please. Yes, do hey, this. Tom, can you sign this? Okay, Solo. <laughs> we saw the tease for Solo, yep. um, and then we saw the full trailer that dropped on Monday. Um, I love Star Wars. I wouldn't consider myself to be a diehard Star Wars fan. Um, this so far has excited me. When I heard it was being made, I was really looking forward to it. The more I see of it, I'm not massively excited about this. I, it's for me. It's all about. Well, that said, I will go and see things. it. Yeah, I you will know, go. So I will go and see. My it. money's already there. Yep, I'm gonna go see it. I'll be right there with you. Uh, the actor is going to have to. I mean, he's my. He's going to have to prove to audiences, not yeah. just to me, but to audiences. Who cares about whether he proves himself to me that he can handle the role? Yeah. My one thing about Star Wars and everything that's going on around it is this: growing up with Star Wars and literally growing up with Star Wars, there was there was an excitement to a release of a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Particularly after the first one. So when Empire Strikes Back comes out, Return of the Jedi comes mm-hmm. there was an excitement about it built in. Like, you just couldn't wait to go see it, right? And then, you know, the prequels happened. And whether you love or didn't love them, um, there was still an excitement built around going to see that. And there's a reason why The Force Awakens did the money. Because, again, you were getting them you every the two break. or three years. Yep. But now we're getting a Star Wars movie yep. every year. And it's becoming less special. 
And I understand it's Disney, Lucasfilms. There's a whole new generation yep. that you're going to be introducing this universe to, right? Yep. But for me, I, the releases are becoming like the Marvel release. They're becoming less special. There's a lot I'm of gonna them. I'm going to go see yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, they just announced that the people from Game of Thrones are going to be making three movies. Yep. That Rian Johnson's going to be making three movies. And we've got Solo. We're going to have Kel Rissian. We're going to have Boba Fett. Okay. I'm still waiting for the um, for the Jawa road trip movie. <laughs> the gonna... Jawa hangover or something. <laughs> where a load of Jawas take a land speeder and go and get fucked up somewhere. Poodoo. Poodini. So, Star Wars fan. I would watch that. They're by not. The way. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, they're not special anymore. Yeah. Um, so that anticipation level, I've had this conversation, too, about mer- the merchandise. Mm. Like, they so flooded the market with Force Awakens that there's not really anything new out there that I've got to have. Albeit, you know, with, with that said, Sideshow Collectibles mm. has had some amazing, like, I have an amazing Ray and, and this Ralph McQuarrie Darth Vader sitting on a shelf. But, again, you're the specialness of what, or the uniqueness of what made Star Wars like you anticipated yep. every single movie. And I would be fine with one out. every every two years, and I, I you know, I, I and I go and see all of them. So it's not like sure. I'm I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I'm not part of the solution. Um, I, I do enjoy them, but I I do like you. I very much. I was saying this to someone else myself. I do wish that they would just a year. I mean, people haven't stopped writing think pieces about the Last Jedi, right? I mean, that's almost, you know, we're over two months, almost three months now since that came out. Mm-hmm. And people started writing about it a long time before. Yeah. And we've now got another one coming in May. I'm just a little bit like one year is more than close enough. Right. Two years for me would be great. Good distance. And it, and it gives you anticipation. <sighs> or even do some and, and then put them on things like a Netflix or whatever. But just, sure. you know, the constant stream of these things, right. I think, is... It's great as a revenue earner. It's diluting the product. But it dilutes, and I just think it ever so slightly devalues. Not monetary value. No, no, no. no. But you kind of, it does lose that thing. I will say this, though, uh, as as a Star Wars fan. uh, If you watch the show Rebels, that show is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, just fantastic what they've done on that show. And I didn't think that, you know... Listen, Clone Wars was Clone Wars, and it was fine. But this show with these new characters in which I honestly don't know. I mean, I can guess how it might end or where some of them may end. It never but ends. Man, it, but, but this show, yeah. if, you're, if you're a Star Wars fan, check it out. Rebels is very good. I, I highly recommend. I know it's not theatrical, but we're talking Star Wars. It's a very cleverly written show. Something else that dropped this week yeah. was the tease for Venom. Yes. Tom Hardy. I'm... I'm I'm almost almost excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I I really like the look of it, um, yeah. and I'm almost there. Yeah. I mean, what about you? I watched the trailer twice. Okay. And I said, "Meh, we're in, it's another Marvel movie. We're making a Marvel." These. Things. I like that it looks darker. Yeah, I I do like that. What I what I want to hold off a hundred percent. I don't want to. I want to see this trailer on the big screen. Yeah. I want to see how it translates. Look, you know, I like Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy is a good choice. I didn't know Michelle Williams was in this. Mm. Um, but again, you know, superhero 
movies are, I, I said this before, they should have their own genre. It should be their own genre mm. and category. It's, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, uh, you know, because he's supposed to be a sort of kind of a villain to Spider-Man with this cosmic space, with this cosmic suit that he wears. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to be uh, Venom uh, that was in, uh, which one was it? The uh, Was it the third one? Yeah, the, yeah. the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3. Which yeah. I'm sure this is going to be a much better version of Venom. And because it's well, Tom I, Hardy, I did kind of like Topher. As Venom, he was okay. Yeah, not the, certainly okay. not the worst superhero villain by any stretch. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see Tom Hardy's take. Um, another superhero trailer that dropped this week. Uh, we saw the first looks really at uh, Deadpool two, sure. uh, very much focusing on Cable. Um, yes. It was a cable, cable heavy. Very um, much. Uh, and of uh, taking, I mean, a lot of people refer to this, but kind of you know taking a little uh, jab at the um, Henry Cavill Spider Man. Right. Special effects, uh-huh. star show uh, debacle. Um, <laughs> Superman. Yes, Superman. 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 Um, I am. I love Deadpool. Me too. I'm. I'm with the Deadpool two campaign. I thought the campaign for Deadpool was so innovative. I think the fact that they're doing fundamentally a very similar thing. I'd like to see them be. Equally creative, but in a new way. Okay, let me ask you mm. in the audience this question. Because this is what I've been noticing. Number one, we know that the the, the original director was let go. Yeah. We know that um, uh, Ryan there has has a lot of pull now with mm-hmm. this Deadpool. Because the first one came out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, it was released on a Valentine's Day weekend. They yep. didn't expect... Again, that's that sleeper hit that we're talking about, right? This one, to me... Like, the first one... One, because of its cleverness, mm-hmm. right? Now it is almost becoming over the top, too much self-referential. And that, to me, could ruin it. Because yeah, now risk. you're going to take... Yeah, you're going to be rated R, but your rated R-ness is going to come from your self-referentiality to make it rated R. Where the first one cleverly had great violence, great comedy, great characters, great fights... Now it almost seems like it's be- it could become a parody of itself. And I think it uh, didn't become a parody of itself, but I think I'm, I'm a bit concerned that it might follow the route for me of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where that kind of seemed to... Hey, what are our best bits? Let's replicate those, and let's build those out, and let's not worry too much about what's in between. Um, for me, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was much... was paled... Um, in comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy, which was new, right. which people again didn't think was going to be quite the, the the you know the thing that it turned out to be. I, I thought the whole idea of that movie was a terrible idea. I was sure. horribly wrong, um, and I'm just a little bit worried. Like, I mean, even though I'm very much looking forward to Deadpool too, too. Um, I am a little bit like, great, this is the same. But I think we also but learned, even more. But even more. But also, I think we've learned sometimes that people, it's audiences can be quite funny. Where it's like, for so many years, people were going, "I want something new and different from Star Wars." And then when they got it, a lot of people were upset <laughs> because they got something new and different in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think you can please everybody. Sometimes we want different, but we want the different to be very much the same. Um, I I like this. This didn't go. This didn't hit me in the same way that Deadpool when that mm-hmm. stuff started happening. It's feeling a little bit familiar for me, um, but. That is a trademark of the character, so I kind of 
if it wasn't there, then you'd be going, why are they I changing? get it. It's and, difficult. And, and, and you yeah. go, wow, I've never seen them make fun of special effects before. Like, oh, we couldn't finish his arm. Well, yeah. go ahead, finish it. And they go back to the yeah. trailer. Okay, that's sort of I kind of I I liked what they did. I'm there. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. 100%. In uh, now, we have a lot of other stuff to get through as well okay. before um, we finish. Uh, but I want to go to my uh, my scoop. Go, scoop, scoop away. I'll um, have a vanilla twist, please. Yes. No, it was uh, Tarantino. We know he's working on a, a couple of new projects at the moment, uh, making the headlines for numerous reasons right now. Star Trek. Yes, Star, Star Trek is one of them. Um, but also the Manson Project. Yes. Now, I have been reliably informed that there are a number of uh, very well-known people who have read for roles in this Manson really? movie. Um, what roles they are, we do not know. But uh, Chris Pine, Sean Penn, and Jude Law have Absolutely. apparently all read for roles in this. Now, whether they'll actually get involved, we don't know. How serious this is, we don't know. Very interesting cast. Absolutely. And Very it's interesting not cast. Might be for the same role, might be for different roles. We don't know. And and not it's not within his stable of character stars. People that, that he hasn't know. used before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, he certainly, used Chris Penn, he's used Sean Penn's brother before. Yes, that's for sure, absolutely, but you're absolutely right. These three, I can't recall ever being in a Quentin Tarantino movie, and it's something quite different for a lot of them. Certainly, from what even I mean, even though some of them have done sort of harder roles previously. I mean, I thought Chris Pine was was amazing in Hell or High Water, oh, but you usually as- associate him with something that is either lighter and fluffier or something like a Star Trek. Uh, Sean Penn, you do associate him mostly with dramatic roles, but I think this could be very interesting for him. Jude Law has done action stuff, has done lighter stuff. This doing Tarantino, I think, will be quite... And, and let's, let us not forget, too... Well, we don't know if he's doing it. We, we know, we, but, but Tarantino has actually... Uh, 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 rejuvenated. Look what he did to Travolta's career. Yep. And even Sam Jackson, for that yeah. matter, right? So when he in and he surrounded him with his his faves, um, and so w- when you're talking about this casting, you know we don't, you know it could jumpstart a Sean Penn career again, mm-hmm. um, and it in you know Who, Jude Law as great as he is needs it, uh, right? I mean he you know it's, it, but also it's last call for the Tarantino train, true. You know, I mean, this is this is reportedly, you know, people change their minds. He's entitled to do that. But this at the moment is 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 the last toot toot of Tarantino's, mm-hmm. you know, big screen train. I mean, he might move to TV. He might decide not to make anything else. If you want to get on board. Yeah. And you want to play in his sandpit. Yep. You need to do this. I agree. Because you won't get another chance, oh, likely. I, I agree. So I think this is very interesting. And if this is and some of the male life. characters mm-hmm. or the male actors they're looking at, I'd be very interesting to later look at who he'd be looking to come in and do some of the female roles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, someone who I'm really, really pleased is, is getting a lot of recognition at the moment, um, uh, Oscar nominees, um, Frances McDormand. Sure. Um, I would love to see her with Tarantino. Um, and I watched uh, I, Tonya last night. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, okay. Alice and Janney. Sure. It would be amazing. And uh-huh. I spoke to Willem Dafoe. I covered the Oscars luncheon yeah. this week, yeah. um, producing for, for Reuters. Nice. Um, and Willem Dafoe. Hasn't hasn't worked with Tarantino. Not that I'm aware of. I would love to see yeah. him get on board this 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 last thing. Sure. But we'll see. I, I mean, those are names I am just throwing out there. Right. That I do not know if they've even been in consideration. That is just my personal opinion. 
but they are three people that I would very much love to see. Yeah, it would be interesting. I'm seeing a lot of really nice, fresh, young cast coming through at the moment. There's a number of people in movies like Black Panther, where we saw Get Out and stuff like that, which are throwing up a lot of really good, young... I mean, so many movies. Lady Bird is another one that we're... You know, we've seen a lot of very interesting... I mean, I would love to see maybe Greta Gerwig Sure. Work with Tarantino. Um, you know, put the director's hat off for 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 maybe you and know act. one one yeah. more movie and go and do this. Sure, would be would be really Brie cool. Larson or someone. Yeah, Brie Larson would be great. I'd yeah. love to see someone who doesn't do this kind of thing. Maybe right. like a a Melissa McCarthy style <laughs> person. Yep. You know, come in and rather than doing the whole ha ha, this is what you expect of me, uh, do something really. Dark and different. Sure, um, I would. Love, I'm very excited about the um, the serial killer movie Zac Efron's making right now. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I've really been looking for him to do something dark and fucked up for quite a while. So I'm excited by this. But this certainly, you know, if, if this is correct, that Chris Pine, Sean Penn, and Jude Law yeah, have read for parts in Tarantino's Manson movie. Yeah, it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, where do I, mean, I buy my ticket? It's good quality. It's really, right there, really good you know, quality. If they get whatever roles that they're reading for. Yeah, I was, now, you know, I have a scoop too. Speaking okay. of reading for Quentin Tarantino, uh, I haven't read for any roles for Quentin Tarantino, so that's a scoop. Uh, you great, for <laughs> thank us. you. So uh, now you. you're talking about quality. Uh, cannot guarantee quality at this weekend's box office. Why uh, let, not? Let's well, <laughs> let's get to uh, let's get to the three big movies that are coming out this week. Uh, we have. Uh, Fifty Shades Freed, which is the final Fifty Shades last, movie. Oh my god! I think even fans of the franchise are happy for this to be over. Peter Rabbit and uh, Fifteen Seventeen to Paris. Now I will get to those in turn. Let's look at Fifty Shades Freed. Okay, this is looking for uh, it, Thursday night previews, five point six million. If you compare that to the previous one, uh, the last one was uh, Fifty Shades Darker, took five point seven. So this is down on that. And Fifty Shades of Grey took uh, 8.6 million on its Thursday. So this is considerably down from that first one and a little bit down from the last one. Uh, it's looking at a box office this weekend of 33 million. Uh, uh, Darker was 46.6 million opening weekend. Grey was 85.2 million. Um, this is considerably down on that. This was a franchise that there was a the books, there was a lot of bidding about who was going to oh, make this. Absolutely. The studios were fighting over each other to get this. That zeitgeist passed pretty much by the first time the first movie had hit theatres. And now Universal's been left holding this franchise and kind of popping it out, um, you know, for the last couple of years. Uh, 2015, I think the first one came out. So that's Mm -hmm. with three years down, so it's one a year. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think this still has an audience that will go and see it. But I think there are a lot of people that are kind of done. With this, or they might not rush I, to see it in theaters. Exactly. I think w- there hasn't been a movie. Um, the, the closest thing that I can compare uh, the Fifty Shades thing is like Sex in the City. Yeah. Right. The Sex in the City gave women, and and it's great. I'm I'm not knocking, but gave women the excuse to go to a movie. But prior to the movie, they had their, you know, they had their cosmopolitans. They, the, it's a get together experience, and to go to the movies. Um, you're right. The first one did 80. Uh, I think women realize that as racy as the first one is or was, it's just not that good of a movie. No. And it really brought it's up not the even flaws, that. It's like, not even that racy. Right. And, and But people also, it also showed that the books really maybe aren't that great either. No, they are not. So uh, the second one showed the, uh, that fatigue. This one, don't forget, we're also going into the opening of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that 
could have some effect. Um, you know, you're saying women don't like watch, you know, they don't figure skating builds an audience. The Olympics always build an audience, yeah. have an audience there. So, you know, will they go out tonight? Tonight's the big night. If yeah. they go out in droves, but tonight's also well, this, this, this whole night. weekend is going to be is going to be vitally important because next week Black Panther comes out. Correct. That's looking at opening at 150, 150. million. Absolutely. Well, I think could even potentially do more. To be honest with you, um, we've started to see a couple of negative reviews. And I'll be talking about Black Panther on the show um, next week. Uh, you, you've had my thoughts last week, but obviously it hits next week. Um, yeah, I mean, I I just there will be the initial audience for this. I think a lot of people will be, if you pardon the phrase, holding off. <laughs> um, you know, until until they they can watch it elsewhere. I agree. Um, I just and there's also just not a huge amount of excitement around it. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel bad for Universal on that front because they spent a lot of time. I and mean, as someone was just saying in the chat, uh, uh, film nerd Jamie was saying the Fifty Shades films cost so little that they're easy profitable as hell. No, absolutely, absolutely right. So they're going to make money on these, um, yeah. but it's it's less money than they would have expected, You're right. and a lot less money than I think they would. Be of expecting and un- generally it's not it's not held the attention and they're not going to get that valentine's day bump no. that a movie of this ilk would normally get absolutely okay so that's 50 shades freed um also coming out uh in theaters now uh i reviewed uh the next two uh for for ign um the 1517 to Paris, Clint Eastwood's uh, latest I've read your movie. tweets and review. It's actually. awful. Yeah. Um, looking at a, a weekend of about 12 million, people were saying around the 10, it's looking now about 12. Uh, not great. Um, this film, as much as I love and respect Clint Eastwood as a filmmaker and right. as an actor, I don't agree with him politically, but that's fine. Um, this is a terrible film. It is a terrible film by anyone's standards. And it is a terrible, terrible film by Clint Eastwood's standards. Um, which saddens me. Which, which saddens me. I, I mean, this is not a film that I was particularly excited about anyway. I was not quite sure how they were going to make an entire film out of one very heroic incident. Right. What were they going to build around and how were they going to do it? I mean, from, from the moment the first, you know, the first frames hit the screen, this is a problem. Um, the dialogue, the, the script is terrible. I mean, I, I can only imagine that there was a lot of improv here and not actually script script. Right. Because th- this is just so painfully bad at Oof. places. There are, 80% of this movie is small talk. You're, you're getting somewhere to, to this this event and the, the, the road there is so poorly paved um and there are so many things wrong with it, it it's just it's uncomfortable um really? it's See, it's actually uncomfortable what, to watch which shocked me most prior to prior to the start of the show <coughs> you were yeah. talking to me about this and i remember our uh, <laughs> i remember us seeing the snowman and that movie it's worse than the snowman and that's what shocked me it's worse than that's pretty bad yeah, Is yeah. It worse than Mother. It, it, it's well, I, I haven't seen Mother. I, I, you know, I do, I do limit myself on how many things I watch. But no, I mean, just for me, fifteen, seventeen to Paris. It's there are so many things wrong with this. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the decision was made to have the the guys, the real guys, star in this movie. Um, they are, they are not actors, and they cannot act. And if this is 
kind of, you know, an, an interpretation of a recreation. They seem so uncomfortable. It just it, The whole thing doesn't gel. Right. It just doesn't work. It's not even convincing as a, hey, here's kind of us just being guys. And considering they are friends with real chemistry, it feels like they are not friends with any chemistry. <laughs> Which is absolutely unmarkable. And I can't imagine what it would be like to go, hey, you've got to reenact your your actual real friendship in front of a camera with all this crew and stuff. That's right. going to be weird. But this does not come across at all as convincing. There are so many things that are wrong with it. I mean, there's a creative decision where when they do um, sort of flashbacks to when they were kids in school. Right. And the, the, the creative decision has been made for they, they picked a, sort of kids to, to play them. Yeah. And yet and not known kids. So it's not like you've got a load of famous children. Playing these guys. But then they've made the decision to have well-known actors to play their parents, the coach, the principal. So you've got this really weird world where you've got... It's a story of unknowns, casting unknowns. You've then got unknown children playing the children. And yet you have familiar faces playing these additional characters. Which, it just doesn't quite work. Why would you not go for... Sometimes it can work. Things like Florida Project, where you pick right. people who are not actors and they make a movie and they star in it, and it's it's great. That's that can work. This is why would you not cast those school teachers, etc., with people that you don't know? Why would you have like? Um, when well, they're certainly not being advertised. No, it's it's not. They're safely. they're below the line. Right. It's really weird. It just yeah. doesn't work. I mean, there are so many moments in this. There's a there, when they're in Germany. Um, they're, they're on a bike tour and there's a discussion about where Hitler's bunker was, which in itself is, is fine. It's not particularly well handled. And then the guy who's leading the tour, when he's just going out of scene, he's singing or whistling Springtime for Hitler in Germany from the producers. Of course. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? It, it, there, there are so many things in this. I mean, there, at points, this to me, and this is in my review for IGN. It felt like it was under siege, like Clint Eastwood makes under siege mixed with Euro Trip. <laughs> I expected Matt Damon to pop up at some point and sing Scotty Doesn't Know, or for <laughs> Vinnie Jones to like try and open beer bottles with his eyes. It's it's for someone who is so accomplished and knows cinema so well. Uh huh. This, this really feels this me. feels like something that's been made by someone who doesn't know film or how to make a movie. And he does. He's made some amazing movies. Absolutely. And this, the whole thing was just, it was, I, I was shaking my head. And it's yeah. not even a long movie. I was shaking my head. And then when you get to the end, it's kind of like we know all the backstory behind the heroes. And we know that they have to live. Oh, we know that they have to <laughs> live. The and, and the scene involving, or the scenes, that, that, that final part involving the actual incident uh, where they stop a terrorist attack sure. is actually done pretty well. But you've spent 80%, 90% of a movie getting to there that is way, is almost, there's entire scenes where they're in, like, a they're choosing their dinner or they're talking about going for gelato and then they go for gelato and they're picking what gelato they want. And going, hey, there's chocolate. I might have chocolate. Oh, man, look, there's vanilla. Hey, is your gelato good? Yeah, we are got the best gelato. Uh, great. I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. I'm like, well, I knew the fuck <laughs> cares about gelato. It's, as, an, as an aside, uh, that's no, great. No, but it, I was watching it going like, it, it, am I high? This was, <laughs> it was just so bad. There's so much talk 
about nothing. <laughs> what? It was, just, was. It actually made me a little bit angry. But I am I'm going to calm down. I'm actually. It's just such a shame. Right it's an amazing story. Told amazingly badly. And see, you just heard it. It's an amazing story, folks. You love the movie. Yeah, no, <laughs> no it is. But the story, but I'm kind of like, you've got all this backstory behind the heroes. Right. And I'm kind of like, and then you have the terrorist. And there's nothing around him. Right. And it, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't want his life story. Right. But, but I want, you don't know where because he... we know, this was a real, this was a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. We know about this guy, some of his backstory, how he came to be there doing that. There's nothing right. about that in the movie. Yeah, and, and just without having seen the movie, but I did see Sully, which also based Sully on Sully was a amazing. Very, yes, which is based on a, it's a true incident. Yeah, yeah. And the build-up to... I loved Sully. The, the, the crash. Yeah. Or the, 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 the landing in the water was done very number one it used flashback but not in a very not in a cliche way at mm. all uh and it led up to the events of that 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 crash landing in the water and you're like going wow sully's this is a good movie mm. like it was very well done great performances this sounds like he tried to sullyize this event to yeah. an extent too well but- i mean as, as I, I, I again i wrote my ign review which i'll just go over what they are referred to by someone who responded who hadn't seen the movie, but obviously didn't think that my opinion, having seen the movie, was correct. Uh, apparently, I'm shallow, inexperienced, uh, a naive YouTuber, uh, and a dumb millennial. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, th- th- so this whole thing, I feel bad for the guys in it. I, I genuinely do. Yeah. Um, I would have done, He, you know, he gave us Sully, and I said in my review, you know, now he's given us Sullied. Because what he's done is he's really... It, it, it's a bad telling of this amazing story yeah. about three heroes. Yeah, and the and the using the actual people <laughs> in a movie is not necessarily new. It was done, in or a movie not called... necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, it was done. I think the movie was called Seals or Seal Team that used act the actual. I remember Navy that. Seals. Yeah, and and you could tell that they weren't actors, but you had a really good editor. Half decent director. Yeah, they knew when to cut away. They knew how to shape the performance because they're not actors. Mm. And 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 the movie is somewhat engaging. It wasn't. It wasn't miserable. It could have been a lot worse. And it sounds like yeah, it was just. It was just. And like I say, I I feel bad for the guys in it because they are they are heroes. Sure. Um, and they deserve better than this. I think it was to put them in this position. Um, is, is is not great. It does not take away from their act right. um, at all. But they, this is just not a good telling of that story. Um, it's a shame, and, and it, it is a shame, shame to hear because you know you, you. I've never known of Clint Eastwood to make that bad of a movie. Yeah, it's know, so. it's just not it's just not good. Um, yeah, so I was very I, I was very disappointed. And I, I feel bad for the for the people in it. Sure. Really, um, I would have just done either have everybody. Newcomers or everybody actors, it, it just got to be, just it just didn't work. Okay, also coming out this weekend, uh, Peter Rabbit. Uh, we don't have Thursday nights on that, uh, but it's looking at a box office of uh, sixteen million. So it's looking like um, Fifty Shades Freed is going to be uh, top with thirty three. Um, I don't know, mid table probably fifteen seventeen to Paris, and Peter Rabbit doing sixteen or more. That could be depends on whether that's going to be number uh, number two or um, struggling. Or coming in third behind Jumanji. <laughs> now, Peter Rabbit is another movie I actually reviewed for IGN this week. Right. 
Um, I was really not expecting much from this at all. Uh, I wasn't looking forward to it. Um, do, do you know what? It's not. It's not terrible. Um, okay. I, I I gave it a mid table score. I think it was a five point five. Um, I watched it with a mix of um, adults and kids uh, at a preview screening. The right. kids loved it, and sure. this is slapstick family fun. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like ninety minutes long. It's fine. Um, Which is great. For that yeah, kind of a nobody here is going to be boasting that this is on their resume. This <laughs> is not a you know. Oh my god, I was a star of Peter Rabbit. No one is going to be doing that. But you know, um, Donald Gleason uh, is good as one of the human stars. Uh, Rose Byrne is great as Love one of the her. human stars. Uh, she does really well. Um, it's Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam Neill, it's not Sam Elliott. Sam, <laughs> Sam Neill um, is in it at the beginning uh, as, as, a, as a farmer. Um, that's good. The, vo- the voice cast of the rabbits, to be honest with you, sure. pretty yeah. you know pretty good. They're okay. good fun. Uh, Margot Robbie, uh, James Corden. A lot of people got very upset when they heard the voice of James Corden coming out of Peter Rabbit on the trailer. Um, there was a lot Why? of backlash for that. Nah, people just didn't like it, which is fine. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, actually, do you know what? Peter Rabbit's kind of a dick. Yeah. In this, it's not exactly the, the interpretation of, I think, the original Beatrix Potter character. Sure. But you know what? It works for this. Uh, someone said the other day that he's kind of like, it's like Home Alone, where Peter Rabbit is both Kevin and the bandits. <laughs> where it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's, do you know what? If you, it's, it's a family film that is very much aimed at the kids rather than the adults. It's not like a Disney Pixar movie. Where, you know, it's like everybody comes and everybody takes something away. The kids are going to really enjoy it. I think it's going to do pretty well. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a sequel. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's throwaway. It's really basic slapstick comedy by the numbers stuff. Kind of annoying at times, but it just stays the right side of it. Yeah, I just... Um... <coughs> well, there's nothing out there see for it families. Or there's nothing out there for families nope. right now. I, and Paddington Two, which bit... was much better sure. and criminally ignored by audiences. Yeah, I'm just wondering why they may not have. I, again, I don't have a release schedule in front of me, but why wouldn't you maybe release this a little bit closer to Easter? Yeah, like I mean, you know, you've. I, I know that there is a vacancy for family film right now, mm. um, but there's still. Lots vying for people's attention. Well, and next uh, week Black Panther comes out. Exactly. Which, uh, you know, a lot of the people who will be, I mean, not the younger end of the market, but certainly sort of the the, sure. the middle to top end of the yeah. kids who are going to go see I just questioned the release date. Like, yeah. This is a dump. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I'm quite surprised by that as well. Um, I think it'll have a strong opening weekend for this type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, unfortunately, Black Panther's going to gonna, gonna um, bite into that. Absolutely. So uh, we got through a lot, Dimitri. Um, I'm afraid we've run out of time. Again? I know. Oh, my head. Unfortunately, we have to go home. Um, we're effectively being evicted. I, I, well, so, we are being evicted, but I'm going to be taking up this seat uh, very shortly again to do anatomy. Indeed. Uh, so, Dimitri, where can we find you on social media? Uh, again, it's at DMovies1701. Uh, at DMovies1701. Please support me. Uh, I, I will support you back. I will talk. I, you know... I, I enjoy. I've been enjoying the conversations with the people uh, that 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 watch and 
watch this show. Yep. Uh, and uh, you do a fantastic job. I'm sorry that uh, the insider, the inschneider, is uh, is not feeling well. Uh, but it's always a pleasure and an honor uh, to be asked to come and do this. So thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening to me. I'm sure and he'll be back it. next week. And it's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank so thank you, you very much. much. Uh, so this has been Meet the Movie Press for another week. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on social media at Showbiz Simon on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Simon Thompson on Facebook. If you've liked the show, do comment, do subscribe, do tell anybody that will listen until they ask you to shut up. (laughs) Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. See you. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.